0: Hey, what's going on? This is the Connect Podcast. I'm sitting here with Pastor Matt Manning. Hello. I was gonna say come on down, but you can't come on okay. down because you're already here. Uh, my name is Jared, and I am. We have a special guest with us today, Brandon Young, who is joining us to talk about horror movies. And right. Yeah, hi yeah, Brandon. I think so. I mean, I'm here to talk about whatever you guys want. That's, so. that's fair. <laughs> uh, well, the idea today is to talk about horror movies and uh, what defines a horror movie, and should Christians partake in uh, in horror movies? Like, is that an, is that an okay thing? Um, I think that uh, there's a lot of things when it comes to to the movie to movies and movie genre that we think, man. I don't know if that's a healthy space for a follower of Jesus to actually participate in that. But uh, we're going to tackle all of that today. Brandon, maybe you could just give us uh, a quick summary of, of who you are and uh, all of your deepest, darkest secrets. Just we, kidding. Yeah, we might <laughs> skip the last part. But, uh, yeah, I mean,
1: I'm super excited to be here with you guys. Uh, a little just background. So I am a uh, horror enthusiast. Uh, it's always been that way ever since I was a little kid. Something that I truly love. Uh, And also kind of points out my very clearly noticeably fact that I'm a convert, Uh that I spent most of my life uh, just loving horror films. And then in 2015 is when I was baptized and came into the church. Okay. Uh, But just because I had this new relationship with Christ didn't mean that I stopped loving horror films. So Mm -hmm. it puts me in that kind of token uh, Christian horror guy space, which is a little more unique.
2: But I think it allows me to speak to things a little bit differently.
0: Absolutely. And how do you guys actually know each other?
2: We met each other probably four or five years ago through Pastor Kim, and uh, Kim and Brandon struck up a relationship, and then um, Brandon started kind of showing up at Crossroads from time to time. uh, With Kim, spoke at a men's breakfast, and uh, just kind of along the way developed a bit of a friendship. And at some point, I think it was during the men's breakfast that uh, the Joker had just come out, and Mm. you had spoke a little bit to the Joker, the the new one, yeah, Uh yeah, and uh, what it meant and Christians' involvement in horror. And you just thought about it, like, at a theological level that I'd never even given any credence to. And I was like, man, this is so amazing. So when Jared asked me, like, what would, um, hey, what are some topics that we could talk about on our podcast? I was like, we have to get Brandon to talk about horror because I have a lot of questions and no answers on this one.
0: So the Joker is considered a horror movie as well?
1: Uh, Not really. Okay. Uh, But I think there's an argument that can be made for it to be a horror movie. Okay.
0: Uh. And... This is a—we can talk more about this later. This is just a question, though, because really any movie can have multiple genres tied to it, correct? Yeah, 100%. Okay, okay. Just wanted to make sure. It's not like it has—it t- can only be one. Okay, that's good. That that's opens good. up the gates a little that's bit. The
1: fun thing about, I think, film in general is that, you know, it's subjective, and we can all have different interpretations, and
0: that's— sure. Why having discourse on it is fun. Absolutely. Uh, well, there's a, a movie that has uh, been out for a while, and the second one just came out, The Quiet Place. Um, the Quiet Place 2 just came out. And I know that uh, for me, uh, when I first watched The Quiet Place, in my head, I never would have thought of it as uh, a horror movie, um, but that's how it was categorized. And so uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more in just a minute. But uh, we've all seen The Quiet Place, right? Uh, And Matt, you liked it?
2: I loved it. The first time I heard about it was Alex Norton, uh, who is a former employee here at Crossroads. He saw it and he just raved about it. And it took me a while to get to it. I think I finally saw it on video and I watched it with my uh, 12 year old at the time, uh, Theo. It was his first ever horror movie. It was PG thirteen. I thought, man, what can it hurt? Sure. And so we watched it in the basement, and it was hilarious watching his reaction to to the Quiet Place. But it was one of the most suspenseful movies that I think I've ever watched in my entire life. And afterwards, I was like, oh my goodness, John Krasinski, he's amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I uh, we got to see it in the th- movie theater, and again, just like the second one that we I I was able to go see that on Monday, um, but just the 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 sound. Uh, that they did, uh, in it was just incredible, and I, I had heard from other people that, especially watching the first one, and where it's so quiet that you can actually hear sound coming from the other movies playing in the theater, and, and that was absolutely true, which was an interesting experience. You just don't think about that when you go to the movie theater.
1: Yeah, it was pretty intense. I remember sitting there, and Entire theater being quiet. Yeah, and it's you never hear that. I mean, yeah. there's always noise. Like people were not even eating their popcorn. It's like everyone's waiting for like that scene to happen. And
0: then if there's a little noise, they eat really fast. Yeah, yeah. Something, and that's not a common thing today. Yeah, and uh, I know that this became really popular too. You know, putting your finger over your lips. We we do that all the time. You know, because that's like the iconic. I feel like there needs to be a John Krasinski shirt with him putting his finger over his mouth, telling you to be quiet. That would be a bestseller. Wouldn't that be a bestseller? Do it.
1: Free market, man. Do That's it. right. <laughs>
0: uh, so we all liked it. Um, we would probably all recommend it. Um, but that that leads me into the question of uh, what makes uh, a horror movie a horror movie? Because uh, as I'm watching uh, both The Quiet Place and The Quiet Place 2, which the opening segment of The Quiet Place 2 was incredible yeah
2: my watch told me to breathe three times in the first 10 minutes (laughs) yeah
0: and uh i my wife and i decided so john krasinski's in that little opening section um and uh we decided that he just couldn't not be in his own movie and so he had to write in a scene so that he could be there which which is cool um but but the sound uh design of of that opening scene was amazing as well um so please uh, if you haven't seen it go see it uh but um horror versus suspense or because i feel like that movie is very suspenseful right like you're always on the edge of your seats uh uh, waiting for something to happen and so i think uh i know that you actually wrote a paper on it uh brandon about um what makes a horror movie a horror movie and specifically tying it to the quiet place right
1: yeah sure i mean there's a couple different things right because we can again with things being open for interpretation right Uh, Mm -hmm. I think it's pretty clear to me when I watched *The Quiet Place, I was like, this is a horror movie because I'd say the difference between horror and let's say a thriller, because I think suspense is an element that can be in any. Thrillers
0: always have Michael Jackson in it,
1: Uh, especially the (laughs) song. But I think because I I wouldn't really consider suspense like its own genre, because I think that's an element within things. But thriller, I think is there's an argument to be made for that. But I think the difference with thrillers and with horror films is that it's kind of what the perceived risk is coming from. And I think this does a good job of showing both where there's very real human elements for the, for that suspense. Right. And uh, that can be from just being a parent to uncertainty, to terror, to protecting your family. But then the fact combined with all that, on top of that, there's a supernatural element. So for me, when the risk is supernatural or pure evil, I think that's when it can kind of jump more into the
2: horror space.
1: Super evil, super evil. That super could be evil.
2: a whole new category. Yeah. Yes. Can you give an example of uh, a thriller movie as opposed to a horror movie? Um, I mean, I think David Fincher, who's I don't know if you're familiar with
1: David Fincher, but he he's one of the one of the goats of uh, thrillers. Okay. But he did movies like The Game with Michael Douglas. Um, okay. He did Zodiac. He did mm-hmm. a bunch of I mean, really pretty phenomenal films. But I, I think the game is a good example, um, maybe even 7. Yeah. I don't know if you're familiar yep. with the Bradford game, mm-hmm. 7. That has some really horrific elements, and I think that one can kind of cross cross the border a little bit. Sure. But again, I think it's depending on what the adversary is. Mm. I think that's what kind of defines Sure. sure
0: and, and I think that there's, I mean, certainly you can have differing definitions of what is supernatural. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, I mean, certainly with in regards to the quiet place i mean is something that we don't know what it is um whether it's an alien or is is an alien con- would that be considered supernatural
1: yeah i think anything above the natural world i think we as christians acknowledge the supernatural because god is above the natural world sure that in itself is supernatural so i think there could be a rabbit hole of things
0: that you could sure. go down with sure i'm just curious if an alien is supernatural because hey, there's all this talk about UFO stuff now, right? <laughs> That's right, it's like everywhere. legitimate <laughs> UFO stuff. That's yeah, right, it makes it crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I- if if it is something that exists, is it is it still supernatural or is it just an alien? Um, what so what about like Alien, the movie Alien, or, or Predator?
2: Or your favorite movie an Remember oh, when I had That was a you? terrible movie. No, it was great. So did you see that one with <laughs> yeah, Natalie Portman? <laughs> did yeah. you like that movie? No, I loved it. Yeah. Oh man, I thought oh, it was man. so great. Yeah. And that I came terrible. out and I was like, there was just this one moment. And so I told Chip, who's a big movie buff here, we should have had him on too. He would have mm-hmm. added all kinds. And Tim, like, you have to watch this. And Chip went and watched it and loved it. And then we were talking about it, and Tim still hadn't, and Jared was in the uh-huh. car and I was like, Man, you guys gotta see this. Like it is just this like like I don't even know how to explain what I'm watching. And the ending was like horrifically beautiful Mm -hmm. in the space. And so I'm telling them and both Jared and Tim came back and was like, just so you know, in the future, those aren't, aren't our movies. Like, (laughs) like we couldn't sleep at night. (laughs) How do
0: you define that movie? Uh, What genre does that fall in? It's a horror movie. It is. And that's, that's
1: actually more my speed of horror. Like I'd say my favorites are, I love supernatural. So I like hauntings. I like ghosts. I like that perceived evil, but Mm -hmm. I love slow burn kind of esoteric. Mm-hmm. You know, movies where you have to really commit yourself because a lot of times you're like, I don't know what the point
0: of this is or mm-hmm. it's slow. You did have to commit yourself in that movie. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I'm in this thing now. <laughs> I'm not turning it off. We're <laughs> going to finish it. I don't care. Oh man. With the covers
2: over my head or not. We're That's we're right.
0: I, and there's a lot of that movie I don't even remember. I'm trying. I mean, there's elements that I, as we as you bring it up that I'm I'm trying to remember everything that that happened in it, but um yeah, I don't remember why specific. Do you remember our reasons why we said we didn't like it?
2: You just both said that you were incredibly scared. Oh, okay. That, that You didn't need to watch Oh, yeah.
0: I think it did. was that one beastly thing was pretty terrifying. The beastly, w- the
2: beast was terrifying, yeah.
0: yes. So, uh, it, I know, uh, like I said uh, um, a little bit ago, Brendan, I know that you wrote, a whole paper on, on the quiet place and why is it a movie do you want to maybe pull out specific examples from uh, I mean obviously there that the what you just said the element of of the mystery of of whatever it is that's attacking them that you know uh, if you haven't seen the movie they're they're what would you call it? I mean they're aliens right or mm-hmm. or whatever that that come in and they attack you based on hearing sound um, that's how they find you they can't see apparently they probably can't smell either right? Or else they'd be able to smell yeah. you out. So the only real sense is, is touch and, and, and hear and overactive hearing. Um, and so uh, maybe you can walk us through uh, some of what you wrote in your paper about what specifically in The Quiet Place defines it as a horror movie. Uh,
1: I like what you just kind of talked about with, uh, with about sound, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's one of the really cool things that they did with that movie. It's where it's shows the importance of the absence of sound plus sound period, you know, with one of the main characters being deaf. Mm-hmm. And one of the, you know, the father's struggle throughout this thing to try and get her to feel like she can hear and be normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then here comes this perceived threat that only relies on sound. So it's, it's a really fascinating mm-hmm. story they put together. And uh, my, to be honest, my paper was a little different in its focus. One, again, presenting as a horror film, uh, but also, that it's horrific for the fact that it's probably the most Christian movie that came out in 2018.
0: Interesting. Uh, just do because, tell. Let's I, hear more.
1: Well, I just think the the worldview that's presented throughout that is a very Christian worldview, mm-hmm. which is really fascinating. You know, because I, I don't think it intended to be that, but I think it says something to the writers and also the producer and director in John Krasinski. Uh, and you know, when you watch it, it's so clear that this that the father Lee— has all these traits that defines what it means to be a strong Christian man. Mm -hmm. In this world where I think, you know, the role of men is different, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, from everywhere, everywhere we look. But this this is like every example of good masculinity and what it means to be a man. Um, you know, here's a here's a couple that wants to do everything to protect their family through this perceived threat. And right off the bat, I mean I guess if we're spoiler spoiling it a little bit, I
2: think we can spoil it. yeah, if you haven't seen the first one yet, I, I yeah. think you're just toast. Right. That's right. I, I think we can spoil the first one. We won't spoil the second one. That's good because you'd spoil the second one for me. Uh,
1: <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, right off the bat, they lose a child. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's one of the most horrifying things that anyone can possibly go through. Um, I've lost siblings before, and I know what that did to my parents. But you know, here's this couple that's keeping everything together through that. You know, in a world where their divorce rates are, you know, fifty percent. Um, when you add the statistic on of losing a child, that increases that number by 10 to 15%. So most couples do not survive that. But here's mm-hmm. this this man and woman that are dedicating everything to still preserving their family. Mm-hmm. Um, which, again, in this throwaway culture that we have, that's not yeah. a thing.
0: In the midst yeah. of crisis. Yeah, 100%. Yeah.
1: Um, there's also this really kind of intense, strong pro-life message in the movie, which I found interesting. And I I, I just have this quick quote I wanted to read. tonight. I... I I had the notes on this just because there's no way to remember this, but this is from Bishop Robert Barron. He's the auxiliary Bishop of Los Angeles. And he did a big review on a quiet place and he reviews movies pretty frequently, but it says uh, the central drama of a quiet place is that Mrs. Abbott is expecting a child. The entire family realizes of course that a wailing infant would given the circumstances mean almost certain death for all of them. And yet they decide not to kill the child at his birth, but to hide him and mute his cries in various ways. When so many in our culture are willing to murder their children for the flimsiest of reasons, when the law gives full protection to even partial birth abortion, when people blithely say they would never bring a baby into a world, a terrible world such as this, the monastic family and this family welcomes life even to the worst of worlds, and even when an act, when that act is of supreme danger to them, mm. and I just I found that so fascinating that when you dig a little bit deeper, that it seems like again I don't think this was their intention, but Again, it's this family that's clearly willing to do anything they can to preserve their family, and then ultimately, in the kind of final Christian theme of martyrdom,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that Lee is willing to sacrifice him for something greater than himself, mm-hmm. which all of this is so central to Christians. So, uh, yeah. again, I know that kind of deviated off yeah. the, the whole No, that's good.
0: Horror, that's good. I, I hadn't thought about I mean, as, as you bring that up, I'm thinking about just Lee's character in general and, and how the, the family, family dynamic is. He's clearly... The leader of the home, right, um, which uh, is not always uh, what would be perceived in in our culture anymore. That that the man needs to be the the leader in the home, um, but that's what's happening. Um, and there, uh, you actually learn. I I wasn't sure. Does do they ever say where they're from? Do you know?
1: I don't. I don't know exactly. I mean, I know at the beginning of a quiet place too, it kind of shows the town before all that. It hour. is. Yeah.
0: It it looks very much like a like a Midwest town, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Midwest culture. Um, but, uh, that's really interesting. Did you have a thought on that?
2: I thought it was a really good thought.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Matt. Always here to support and
2: (laughs) prop you two up today.
0: Oh man. Uh, so there's a lot of really, really good things in the quiet place. Uh, was there anything that bugged you? No. In that movie? No, honestly, I mean, from 2018. So to
1: give you some context, I watch about 400 movies a year. Okay. Um, as part of my other podcasting responsibilities, and I'm just a, a nut for it. Sure. I've watched 180 or 190 so far this year, and oh. this horror. So I'm blazing through it. And this was my number four of that year. So it clearly, I mean, it, for me, it was a perfect film. I mm-hmm. had zero complaints about yeah. the movie. What
2: were the top three, just uh, out of curiosity? I would have to look it up. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: I, I know my number one was Pie Wacket. It. Was which was a supernatural kind of witch film. Okay, okay. So that, that kind of falls in the topics that I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I mean, A Quiet Place I think was a perfect film.
0: Are you watching most stuff? I mean, obviously with COVID, you haven't been going to the theaters. But um, where where do you see the top movies coming out of? Like, is it is it now Netflix? Is it uh, different studios still? I mean, streaming obviously with because of COVID change
1: the landscape and i think will forever because you know theaters are are starting to open back up mm-hmm. you're still seeing it you buy your
0: amc <laughs> stock yet
1: i i i had amc <laughs> stock and i sold it when it was like 12 bucks yeah and i'm yeah, got yeah. a little fear missing out now yeah it's, it's all gone but. i bought
0: one share and it was just before the big spike yep. so i bought it for like i think like 16 dollars and then it jumped to 73 dollars mm-hmm. and then it fell to like 50. And I sold it at fifty, yeah. and now it's kind of climbing back up. But yeah. I was like, "Hey, it's a good Chick Fil A meal. I made twenty dollars today with my one share of AMC <laughs> stock." Sorry, continue.
1: No, you're good. Um, I don't remember what the rest of your question was.
0: Uh, you were talking about where, about w- <laughs> where, where, where are the really good movies coming oh, yeah, out of? Sure. I mean,
1: for horror specifically, there's a streaming service called Shudder. Okay. Um, and that's, I think it's owned by AMC, and that's, I mean, it's five bucks a month as all these incredible horror films on it. But I, I mean, it's amazing the kind of stuff and the quality of content that we're getting. I mean, Netflix, obviously, but I mean, looking at Amazon Prime is pumping out original content, Hulu. I mean, mm-hmm. all these, they're all putting out stuff. Uh, but again, like, you know, the fact that a movie that would be dropped in the theater is now being pushed to a theater and HBO Max at the same mm-hmm. time or things like that. It just shows that we're in for a whole new ball game when it yeah. comes
0: to film. Do you think Disney's model is working? Where they're like, "Hey, pay an extra thirty dollars
2: and you can watch this movie early." They keep doing it, so obviously, yeah, they're not in the market of losing money. That's true. Yeah, some
1: people are. I'm not doing it.
2: Me but. either. Like, and, and I'm especially with the last one. I'm probably gonna do it for Black Widow because I did the math. Uh-huh. And it's cheaper for me to watch Black Widow at my house. That's true. With my family than to take my family, which okay. they all want to see it. Yeah. Uh, in the theater. So they're
0: gonna do the same thing where you can pay thirty bucks and, yep, for and watch it early. It yeah, and then you get it forever once you pay for it? It's not like a you get 24 hours. Nope. That would be forever. Be a really expensive, thirty dollars. But um, yeah, I, yeah. The the last Disney movie we watched, we waited for the new, and I was extremely disappointed in that movie. Anyway, which one's that? Raya. Oh, and, I, the, and the last I got dragon. Bored with that the, one. Yeah,
1: okay, it took me three or four times. Yeah, to Yeah, it there. was rough. Not like Soul. I don't know if you saw Soul, the one that was, uh, Soul
0: was really good. I That's didn't see Soul yet. Incredible. Yeah. It, I was, talk- we're, I was talking with our intern Aiden just a little bit ago, and uh, there's something to be said for creating a movie that your kids enjoy that the parents also enjoy. Like, like that. that is the niche right there, if you, if you can find that sweet spot. And Rhea didn't hit that mark for That's me. I was disappointed, you. too, because it's Disney, and there's no music. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm ready for the next round of songs that are not frozen you know um for my kids to listen to forever and ever and over and over again but um that didn't happen so frozen lives on check out wish dragon on netflix i don't know if you saw that wish dragon okay new,
1: it's a new animated that feels very pixar quality with okay. the music and story and and it's good yeah it's okay
0: good. say yeah. it again wish, uh, dragon. wish dragon wish dragon have you seen it okay no i'm gonna yeah Brandon so, says it. I'm watching that's it. That's right. Absolutely.
1: It, I, hey, with
0: some of my movies, you probably would never <laughs> want to take my <laughs> So, so um, I just wanted to say, uh, kind of coming back to this idea of horror movie, when I would think of a horror movie, and Matt, maybe you can speak into this too, like, I think that my idea of horror might have been more geared towards, like, slasher. Like, when I think of horror, I think of, like, you know... Michael going and, and killing everybody, you know, or, or whatever, you know, all of this killing and, and gore and all kinds of stuff like that. Like, that's how I always in my own mind defined horror movie. Did How would you have defined a horror movie?
2: Probably similarly. I think that when I went through college, this is why this is so fascinating to me. Um, for about a three-year period, like horror was like movies that I loved watching. And I don't know if, You know maybe it was thriller as we've defined it today but from the silence of the lamb movies to the ring um Mm -hmm. you know a little later on the purge movies came out and the gift which just frightened me Mm -hmm. to no end um and uh but during college i watched those movies and there was one point like i woke up at three in the morning and I was like, man, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it was like this moment yeah. of like, like terror and my ethos and all this kind of stuff. And then I went through this like, kind of this existential like crisis, going, man, should like I be watching these? Like, mm-hmm. should I enjoy these? What does it? Mm-hmm. What does it look like? And what does it say about me? And for sure, and all that kind of stuff. And so, um, you know the uh, the purge. I saw the first one, but I haven't watched the other ones. Um and uh, and then maybe the, that's probably the more, ring 2? That's probably more slasher. Yeah, ring two. I don't know that that would be an exciting. Watch, um, you know the Conjuring's. Those are like way too close to home, in terms of being in the pastoral ministry. Like, yeah, like right. When we get into the demon side of things, it's like, yeah, yeah. I that I don't, to me I don't need to entertain that space. That's but,
0: that when it becomes something that I feel like could be real, I think that's when it it terrifies me more because I'm like. There, there's potential for this to actually happen, right. yeah. um, and and that uh, is that something that we should be saying. I, I, I don't think that the the idea behind the movie creators are going, hey, um, we just want you to make aware, make you aware of these things that could possibly happen. I, I I'm sure it's for entertainment value and, and glorification of of that. And so I think that to me um, is where I start to wrestle with is that is that good? Is that bad? Um, Is that something that I should be uh, investing my time in? Is that good for me, uh, for my mental well-being and for my health? I know that, uh, uh, so for Father's Day, uh, my kids gave me a coupon book. And in the coupon book, I had different things that I was allowed to do. So like one is sleep in and they're not allowed to come into our room and wake me up. You know, one is I get to pick the meal. Uh, And another one was uh, I get to do a hobby. And so, for, for my hobby. That's why I went and saw the movie on Monday yeah. um, was because I'm like, hey, I like movies. And so I took my wife and we went and saw The Quiet Place too And I know that about halfway through the movie, she looks over at me and says, why did you bring me to this movie? <laughs> she, you know She's like, I have enough anxiety in my life I don't need more. Um, and so, and I'm like, what are you talking about? This is a great movie, <laughs> you know? Um, but uh, I think part of it, and, and Brandon, I'd love to get your, your insight on this as well, is how far is too far? And maybe part of it just depends on the person and, and what you can handle and how your, your spiritual well being and, and, and your ability to process uh, if this is real or not real.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great question uh, because I do think the more we're exposed to certain things, I think there's a toll on our morality. And so, especially with some of the more extreme horror films, I mean, the ones we're talking about are very, I minor, mean, very tame compared mm-hmm. to what's out there. And there are things that I've seen that I clearly, I feel that are bad and I don't, I don't ever want to see them again. I would never let my kids see them. Mm-hmm. But I do think there's still, as a Christian, there's things that I can do to make there still be a purpose behind that, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's part of. Since my son and I've been watching horror movies, and see, ever since he was a little kid, so I, he saw The Ring when he was probably six, uh, and he's seen, you know, and then The Conjuring and Insidious and all those other yeah. kind of films, and now that he's a teenager, I think we can we can look at some different ones, but something that I've always felt is important. Is that we kind of discern what the point of the movie was and what it is, and mm-hmm. we actually, my son and I have a podcast that we do together. That's cool. And it's called "He's Going to Need Therapy," uh-huh. uh, just <laughs> with the joking that I'm showing That's him awesome. things that are probably inappropriate for his age. But I how think old is he now? He's thirteen. Okay. So I think there is a way, though, that you know, with these things, you know, is it inviting, you know, again, things that are bad for morality or things that are evil? I think as Christians, we can then we can try and unpack what it really means. Mm-hmm. Because I I think as parents, especially as Christian parents, we have this thing. It's like we want to protect our kids from things that we know are bad, whether through our experiences or through scripture or wherever we learn that from. But I think a lot of times what that does is if we keep them away from that, what happens when they encounter that stuff on their own? So I think it's important that we say, like, hey, here's some things that you may encounter that may be difficult, but here's a way that you can deal with it. And so I think that's the truth with horror films is that they let us, and part of why I love horror films is that it lets us experience things uh, in a way that's safe Mm -hmm. and that allows us to think about, you know, what would I do in this situation? Or like, you know, how does my worldview, my Christian worldview, apply to these things? Mm -hmm. And some of those things are completely ridiculous. Like when you talk about slasher films, I even have my Michael Myers socks on today. I wore them perfect (laughs) for this. But, (laughs) you know, there's some things that are like, all right, this isn't going to happen or this, you know, ridiculous plotline, but there are still things that we can learn from that. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I love Texas too, uh-huh. uh, but not a big fan of Chainsaw Massacres. Yeah. So, but again, there's things that we can learn from these. And again, I think as, as a Christian, I think that's part of my responsibility as a parent is to say like, look, there are things out there that will make you uncomfortable, but mm-hmm. here's how you can deal with it and here's yeah. how you can apply those lessons that you've learned. Yeah.
0: And, and that's, that's throughout everything, right? I mean, that's, uh, we talk about that as well. I think that, at least f- for for us as parents, I think sometimes we're we're too quick to push them into things that maybe they're not yet ready to handle. Um, we're like, and 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 I can use the excuse of, oh, we're just teaching you how to how to handle it, but really, uh, maybe I'm not being as discerning as I should. Uh, but I, I'm tr- I'm right there with you that if we're not teaching our kids how to handle things in an appropriate way, well, then they just Turn 18, they go off to college, and who knows what happens. They're going to do it themselves. That's right, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: But if we can take our experience in that, and even, again, if it's like watching this ridiculous slash ridiculous sl- slasher movie, yeah, you can say, like, okay, well, what did we pick out? And, or you could say, like, that was ridiculous, mm-hmm. and my son will look at me like, that's so dumb. <laughs> and so, again, it's like there's a way to process through Sure. When yeah. I first took him to a haunted house when he was a kid, I taught him to laugh at being when they jump out. Like, how, how ridiculous is it that – Every five feet, someone's jumping out at you. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of shifted his mindset to where, like, that's funny. Mm-hmm. The fact that someone's getting paid to just jump around corners at me. So it took away the fear.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, again, I think if we can look at these things as, like, you know, this is clearly fiction, mm-hmm. but we can still gain something from yeah. it. Yeah.
0: That's kind of an interesting thought, too, is, uh like, I don't really enjoy, like, being scared is not something that I'm like, that's awesome. I love being scared. That's But there's people out there that... Really enjoy it, um, like they love that that emotion. Um, I wonder if there's psychology behind that. I'm sure, sure. there is. I don't
1: I, in real life. I don't love being scared. I have a very high fight or flight, and mine is way more towards fight. Uh huh. So I uh, I worry that I'm going to punch that guy that uh-huh. jumps out and scares me. So is my wife's. Okay. I've been punched many a time. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm yeah. <laughs> I'd say probably the same for yeah. my wife as that
0: too. Uh, so yeah,
2: I'm I'm with you. Uh huh. So maybe Brandon, if you could help. Um, like walk through because I think that when it comes to horror, like two things that are true in our culture is one is, is that they uh, that is a part of the regular conversation. So the new conjuring movie that just came out, like you can go to CNN or Fox or Yahoo news and there are articles being run on the conjuring and the reality or lack of reality from whatever the, the journalist point of view is in terms of um uh demon possession and oppression in the world that we exist in like it's a part of the national conversation or at least it was a couple of weeks ago can you just uh, give
0: a, a quick background in case somebody doesn't know what the conjuring is
2: yeah it's a series of movies based on a couple who were basically like demon chasers in the 70s is that one it was yeah,
1: ed and lorraine warren so they were demonologists uh, yeah. and would work with you know with various catholic dioceses to investigate you know, hauntings and exorcisms and things
2: like yeah that. and so they've they've you know put those into i think this is the third movie is that right is it a trilogy
1: uh yeah i think this is the third yeah. one
2: i think and so you know a couple of weeks ago that was a dominant place within the national headlines of conversation that's happening and what was absent from most of it or a lot of it was christian thought behind it mm-hmm. in terms of what this is and so hollywood's taken this um you know story from this couple and they've done what hollywood does and you know grandized it and all this kind of stuff but what was missing was actually the christian perspective on this in this in this space and so like i think that that's an important part particularly when it comes to some of the horror at the supernatural level like that um, where there probably should be conversation because whether we admit it or not our people are watching it mm-hmm. you know christians are watching it people that come to crossroads are watching those movies and so how do we give a framework to help them understand what they're seeing and what's going on and then two the thing that you said that I think grabbed me at the men's breakfast, you just said it again, is that horror movies give us a safe place um, to basically experience evil, right? And then to be able to to feed through our minds of, of what would it look like if we were in that situation and maybe just expand on kind of, uh, that was a really long question and maybe it's a statement more than a question, but like you do a podcast on h- horror. And so in terms of the national conversation that's surrounding what's our role as believers in that, And then two, maybe if you would just tease out a little bit about that idea of evil within a safe place.
1: Yeah, sure. To the first part, I mean, you know, it's interesting how Christian, there's a lot of Christians, you know, let's throw aside all denominations because that's where we get into weird, you know, nitpicky things. But Christians are a significant portion of the world. Uh, You know, there's a well over a billion of us, right? But we constantly are viewed as this minority opinion. So I think we do have an absolutely valid place in the discussion about these things and we should do that more frequently. Um and I and I wish we did. Uh with things that when it comes to morality, I think that's where people get a little sticky on you know what our role is, uh, whether it's okay for us to give our opinions. For stuff like this, I think one with the conjuring films, you know, Ed and Lorraine Warren's stories are based off of their stories. You know, I can't speak to authenticity. I mean, I know people that have been to their house yeah. and it was the museum and seen all the things. You know, seen the Annabelle doll and stuff like that. And surely there's been embellishment, but I do think there's a real room for Christians to then d- talk about. You know, what does evil look like when it becomes manifest with people? You know, and before this, I mean, let's go back 40 years. Look at The Exorcist. You know, that was a cultural phenomena. And, you know, the exorcist was based off stories of an actual exorcism too. But I also think it was a reflection of what was going on in the culture at the time. You know, the 1960s was a, for the big C church, for all Christians was a really confusing place because you had the sexual revolution, you had, you know, Vatican II within the Catholic church where it was switching directions. And so there was a lot going on in and, and Enter the Exorcist about a young priest who was almost having this crisis of faith until he's presented with real evil. Um, and so I think, again, I, whether what, what our role looks like in discussing that in the public space, I'm not sure, but I think it should be something that we all talk about because we know evil is real. And uh, we don't. I think sometimes we don't talk about that enough. Mm-hmm. And so what's kind of happened over the years is we're always told to not dis- discuss religion and politics and usually sports, right? Because mm-hmm. those are things that people get passionate about. But I think that what that's made us do is we've forgotten how to have discussions about religion, politics, and sports, because we don't talk about it enough. So I do think it's important that we talk about it, especially, again, when there's examples we've seen that are true with that. Um, yeah, to this—and your second question, let's let's kind of jump over to what that was.
2: Yeah, so just one thought on that. I think that, you know, even going back to the Scriptures, I think Americans have a struggle with uh, the supernatural outside of God and Jesus— you know, the other supernatural realities, that there's a real struggle and yet we read the scriptures and we see um, both the good and the evil side, right? We see the Holy Spirit manifested in ways that probably most Western Christians don't actually experience the Holy Spirit. And we see countless examples throughout the gospels where Jesus is confronted uh, with people who are demon possessed, Mm -hmm. right? And and yet in our current culture, we either like scientific it away, I don't know if that's a word, but we use science to, a really good word. to, to, to take it away, mm-hmm. or we just pretend that these evil realities aren't around us and we just kind of live our lives with blinders on. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that that's necessarily good. And so I think the conversation around evil uh, is an important thing. My second question to I was, that is... Can I
0: just, oh, uh, yeah. So I think that's one of the things that, um, from, from the Christian perspective, that I think uh, Satan has done a really good job of in the Western world is to to mask you know, it's very masked what he does, um, where where we he's able to almost go about doing things that in other parts of the world maybe uh, he wouldn't be able to get away with because it's so masked in, in our culture. Anyway, it's yeah. just something I've thought about before. Yeah. Go ahead.
2: And then the second question I have is um, from kind of the statement that you made earlier, like horror films give us a space to experience evil in a safe space. And so, like, if you could just, like, tease that out, what does that look like? So when your son and you are walking through whatever, the quiet place, since that's part of the conversation, what did the conversation look like afterwards in, like, in... Like, in how do you process it practically? Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I think not only for your son, but maybe for all of us, that would be helpful.
1: Yeah. I, and I think our discussion around that was mainly around the role of the father. Mm. And there's also the, not, not just the father, but of, of a man, period. Because I think you see that. You know, initially with Lee being this really strong father and having his role of trying to protect his family. But then as things kind of go haywire towards the end, then the role of the son and then playing with his role in the family. So I think most of our discussion was around, like, what does it mean to be a man and a father? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, because Lee is demonstrating all the things that you're those good qualities. You always hear terms like toxic masculinity and things like that. But masculinity isn't toxic there's toxic people and then mm-hmm. there's good people mm-hmm. and I, but it has all the good traits of, again, like being a strong father, being a protector, mm-hmm. uh, you know, willing to sacrifice yourself. And so that's where our kind of discussion went on that. And then, you know, he has a, he has a little brother now and, and who, who was born in 2017. So I think him now seeing like his role of being a protector towards his little brother mm-hmm. who he loves more than anything in the world. It's, they just have this intense connection but now I think he's starting to see that responsibility. And as he grows, he wants more of that responsibility. And that's, I think those are the things that we need to teach people. And, you know, in a quiet place specifically, that's something that you can discuss is like, looking at the role of these parents. And I don't don't mean, I keep talking about masculinity, Mm -hmm. but also with the role of the mother. I mean, just being this strong force of keeping this family together. Mm -hmm. And uh, just, again, being this vessel for new life is so inspiring and so powerful. So I think there's a lot of things you can unpack for that. Again, there are some movies that are way too ridiculous, and in uh, basically, you're less to me like, okay, don't, don't like walk into a dark room by yourself. Like, don't yeah. go drinking in a haunted house. You know, on <laughs> Friday the Thirteenth. Uh-huh. Like, there's those. Don't things. run
2: into a room full of knives. Yeah, yeah. totally.
1: Uh, so those throwing those things away. I think most movies we can still kind of get something yeah. out of like that. And I think this is such a good example of it because of how strong the parents and their yeah. role as protectors are. Are there Christian horror movies? I I mean there's got to be some. I don't I don't know of any that are overtly Christian in name. Yeah. Um again, I think there's ones that maybe unintentionally have a Christian worldview. Sure. But I don't I mean I I don't know
2: of any yeah.
0: specifically. I mean, I feel like Christians would be able to make really good horror movies.
2: I, I mean, mean, like Saw. Yeah, well, Where you see the complete not <laughs> not the Thrasher stuff
0: uh, or Thrasher, you uh, not the not the I don't know. I just feel like uh, Christians should have an insight to the supernatural.
2: If at anything, at the end of the day, when you watch a horror movie and even into the Thrasher kind of genre, I think it just reminds us that there is no depth of sin sure. in our space, right? Like there's part of you know the Purge movies that there's. The reason that they're so popular is because there is a line of truth into that space. Would the world be better if one day you could just get all your crime out? Like, you you could just like spill out all your sin in one day.
1: I think that genre in general, that kind of home invasion Uh genre is terrifying. Yes.
2: Because there is, there's a link to reality. There's,
1: you know, a movie called The Strangers that's in there. um, And that's the same kind of story. It's like, just because these people are home, they're doing nothing wrong. Yeah. And so I think that's the really scary thing, yeah. or in The Purge, they're trying to protect themselves from all this, yeah. you know, everything that's yeah. happening outside. And those are real fears that yeah. I think we all yeah, have. Yeah,
0: I think, again, w- once it becomes uh, so real that it's actually possible, mm-hmm. I think that's when, for, for me, the fear creeps in. You know, we had to stop watching the show Criminal Minds. Because we're like, man, this is just giving people ideas. Like, <laughs> like these are all possible things that could happen. Um, but, hey, Brandon, I really appreciate you, you coming and, and sharing your your thoughts with us. Uh, I want to give a shout-out again to your podcast. Tell me the name of it again. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, I, two shows. My main show is called The
1: Anatomy of Fear. Okay. That's where myself and my co-host, Alan, we kind of look into more cultural topics. So, again, I mentioned The Exorcist. We did a whole almost three hours just on The Exorcist and what was happening in society. And then... Yeah. So we're kind of digging deeper in and then my show with my son, which is the one I do the most cuz the other one we're like we're kind of like a biannual podcast at yeah. this point but <laughs> my son and I do it <laughs> about once a month or okay. so. Okay. Cool, and that it's, one's called.
0: It's called. He's gonna need therapy. He's gonna need therapy. Awesome. Well, hey guys, thank you so much for checking us out today. Please check out those podcasts as well, um, if you want to continue to dive more into horror and how that, uh, how you can process that in a healthy way as, as a follower of Jesus, and um, also just being able to to learn more about uh, the ins and outs of the horror genre. So, uh, Brandon, we really, really appreciate you coming here. Uh, please check out our our. Facebook, our YouTube, uh, everything else that we have going on online, um, we have uh, good stuff always coming out. So, Matt, good to be with you again, and uh, we we'll see you guys next time.